Yes, it's a Science Patrol, your Ultraman podcast. And now the hosts of Science Patrol, Rich Conroy and Pat Rooney. Hello and welcome once again to the Science Patrol, your Ultraman podcast. My name is Rich Conroy. With me as always, the lovely and talented Mr. Pat. Hey everybody, how are you? Well, Pat, it's snowing out. So this yeah. will give people an idea of when we recorded this. Like 10 seconds after we <laughs> recorded the trailer thing. That's yes. okay. <laughs> That's um, fine. Yeah, but we're going to talk about some more Ultra 7 today. Or Ultra, Ultra 7. Q. Yeah. Ultra Q. Hold on. <laughs> that is incorrect. We are going to talk about some Ultra Q today. Yes, starting with Mammoth Flower. Yes. That episode uh, aired on 123-1966. Okay. We're getting close. Uh, Koji Kajita. Uh, Tetsuo Kinjo is our screenplay along with uh, Koji Kajita. He was also our director. And special skill director is Keiji Kawakami. Um, okay. <clears throat> it is the uh, fourth episode of Ultra Q. I like at the beginning we see a, like a, like an MP sort of guy walking around. And yeah. we get some really nice miniature Sit work of a, of a root coming up through some cobblestone sidewalks. Yes. Yes. It wasn't cobblestone. It was actual sidewalk. Yeah. Um, but they were like, they were... I don't know what you call it when it's like small pieces of tile work. Like no, it just looked like regular sidewalk, just regular. But no, they were they were built into squares. Yeah, they're, your they're, sidewalks are built into squares. No, I don't mean big cement squares. I mean oh. small, small, squares. small cement squares. I don't know. <laughs> Having never been to Japan, let alone on that street in the sixties, I'm not sure how that. What was really funny is I'm like <clears throat> when it was cutting back to the miniature work of that, right? Right. I'm like, that totally doesn't match where that guy's standing. And then they cut back to the spot where um, the debris comes down and knocks him out, and he falls down. Sure enough, he is walking on the same sidewalk. I'm like, I take it back. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it. I didn't realize. I'm sorry. You know what? I should. I have. Dear E.G. Subraya, I have sinned against you, and I apologize. I should have never (laughs) doubted you in the first place. I. Exactly. It makes you feel bad. So <laughs> and now the only part of it of the pre-intro, our cold open, that I didn't like. I have no problem with the cop walking. Okay, fine. What city is this empty? Right? Could maybe it's uh well, you know, it could have been a day for night kind of thing. Like it's <sighs> supposed to be nighttime, but uh, But even then there would have been lights on somewhere. If they had shown a light. Oh yeah, good point. Lights somewhere. Real early in the morning? Real early yeah. in the morning? Five o'clock, maybe? For just after sunrise? Before the, before the lights before, go off? Before, yeah, no, the lights are off. It's real early in the morning after dawn, right before the hustle and bustle okay. of city life. Sure, or sure, perhaps sure. This, isn't, this could be this could be not in the, deep in the heart of Tokyo. Um, <laughs> I don't know what possessed me to do that. That's um, fine. No, it, it works. Yeah, yeah. It works. And then... <laughs> And okay, I'll let yeah, you it could be like one. Montclair, no, but you know, <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, we see other more, we see more of the city, we see more of the city, big enough. But did you notice what when they showed you the traffic? Mm. What was the one thing that you did not see? Trucks, no. no, there wasn't a single traffic light, and traffic was moving relatively well. Oh yeah! Not yeah, a yeah. red light, not a green light, not an arrow, not a, no traffic lights, no lines, no nothing. Just you know figure why? it out. Sixties Japan, masters of the roundabout. They know what's going on. 
they're like, yeah, why why wouldn't you use the roundabout? Traffic lights are for jerks. But, yeah, exactly. Uh, possibly. <laughs> I don't, you know. I actually didn't notice that. It's a good uh I noticed that right away. Call. I'm like, wow, there's a lot of traffic moving and not a traffic light, and things are kind of moving well. Right. There's one part where the, the traffic is, you know, doing turns and stuff, and okay, there's a little bit of a jam up there, but not like in New York where a traffic light doesn't work. There's a stop. Everything goes to pot. Everything goes to pot. (laughs) This is there's a one car kind of in the way, but everything else is moving. And you're like, wow, this is neat. But that that was just me. I noticed that right away. I'm like, wow, for these Japanese know what the hell they're doing. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) They actually Um, know how to follow the rules of the road. It's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, what I like though is like we get, you know, so you know, then you get your this is the you get your um what's the word i'm looking for your uh like twilight zone intro as usual yes you know yes the unbalanced and, zone which right. we've had in other ultraman series mm-hmm. haven't we the unbalanced yeah zone? The unbalanced uh, didn't they didn't they work didn't they reference the unbalance a lot in um oh come on now right yeah, ultraman or series it was Ultraman, Might have been. I think. Might have I been. think. I'm not I sure think which that's one. What the, I think that's what the Something Search people referenced a lot. It might have been. I, I really don't remember. I'm not going to pretend to. I'm just like, why the... Okay, they're leaning in on the unbalanced zone, which I know we've heard before, so they grabbed that wording right. for whatever series it was. But I do like how this is more Twilight Zone-y uh-huh. than yeah. Giant Monster Fighty. Yeah, so... We open with uh, June and Ipe showing up to a uh, to what appears to be like a printing office and yes. to pick some flyers up, which they're apparently just going to dump out of their airplane. Of course. <laughs> Isn't that what you do with flyers? Well, you know, Pat, when we ran the Science Patrol propaganda campaign of uh, a couple of years ago, that's, you know, we hired a dirigible, but... Uh, <laughs> that was just us. <laughs> well, it was cheaper, you know. Like, the dirigible guys are looking for work out there, you know? I don't I know understand. if you guys know this. I don't know if a lot of you guys know this, but dirigibles not making as much money as, as your 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 Cessna pilots. So they're willing to take on weird jobs like dropping flyers um out of out of their blimps. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah, sure. sure. Uh, steampunk tea parties, all that stuff. They love it. Oh, why not? Yeah. So they show up and everybody's moving stuff around and they're like what what happened? What happened? Did you guys get robbed by a gang last night? They're like, yeah. No, there was an earthquake, and Ipe's like, no, there wasn't. There was it? They, I would have known. I would have seen it on the news. I would have felt it. It would have yeah. been somewhere. An earthquake because, in one building doesn't happen. Yeah, and they're like, well, no, it was here. And they're like, yeah, one building earthquake, sure. So, exactly. Um, they they're just like they're cleaning house, and there's a girl there uh, that Ipe is apparently kind of sweet on. Of um, course. And uh, I can't remember her name, though. Uh, I didn't write that part down because I didn't think she was uh, important. Yeah, and, and it turns out she's in the whole stupid episode, right? So yeah, we're going to call her Girlfriend Chan. So, <laughs> and what's People funny is you can that. tell that she is friendly with Ipe, but she doesn't consider him uh, boyfriend material because she right. call him, calls him Ipe-kun. So, which isn't quite... It's familiar, but it's not real familiar. It's not kissy familiar. Okay. Um, okay. I, I don't know the different lengths of the stuff after the name. 
Son is Kun. like your son is your like generic like respectful thing. Like Kun is if you know somebody personally, right? Chan is more um, uh, super familiar. Well, like like girlfriendy, boyfriendy, um, children, dogs. Like it's okay. it's a it's a it's a very um, oh gosh I can't think of the way it's a very it's a very like affectionate okay. sort of thing. Yeah, that'll work. That'll yeah. work. So, um, and so they go outside and they're like, well, I don't understand what you're talking about. There's, there's no such thing as, and then sure enough, a whole bunch of cracks appear in the building. Yes. Which yes. was cool. But well done. I, I liked how they did it. Yeah. I and think it's just cell or um, not cell animation, stop motion animation, stop motion animation. Yes. And, and the miniature, obviously, because yeah, you're yeah. not doing that to a real building and you're not putting all that paint on to make it look like it's cracking. So nobody's got that kind of budget or time. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, and you're like, Oh, this is crazy. Um, and they, the next thing they see is, um, roots well, in the, in the subway, right? No, no, no. They they ha they find out that there is a problem in oh, the, the harbor. The harbor, so yes. They all go to the harbor. There's people all over the place. I don't know what the budget for extras is on this thing. But I love that they translated it to the moat on the copy I was watching. I'm like, the <laughs> moat? I'm like, you're miles from Osaka Castle, and I don't even know if they have a moat. Like, <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I guess harbor... I don't know why they decided moat was yeah. well. We're getting the, we're getting these subtitles directly from Subaraya with the with the Blu-ray editions, folks. So don't write it to me. Yeah, this is what we got to deal with. But yeah, that's right. I forgot about. There's a big floaty, a floaty tree, um, root. A tree limb. Yeah, yeah, tree limb in the harbor, and everybody's looking at it, trying to figure what it is, and it's moving around. Right, and then it's it starts just... playing splash. Yes, and gets everybody wet. And of yeah. course, Yuri just takes photos because that's what she does. Yuah, yeah. Yuki takes photos. No, Yuri, you're right. You were right. You were right the first time. And what's great like is it. what's great is that like everybody leaves, and it's just that our three heroes are like, "Well, this is just inconvenient." You know, <laughs> <laughs> we're getting wet. What are we supposed to do? Still yeah, take pictures. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. So okay, fine and dandy. Then we go to the subway uh, scenario where. We have uh, we have a uh, people running out of it. I don't know if it's a subway or an underground area, some some place where there's stairs, and then there's some workers that are being. Um, no, I think that is the same building because they were clearing out the same think? building. Could oh be. yeah, I think this all takes place inside that one building, in and around the one building, except at the harbor. So I'm going to guess that the harbor's on the other side of the building. Maybe I don't know because it's good. It seems to go through a whole bunch of stuff. Not Streets, really. Buildings. Um, I'm just. This says even the Imperial Palace, but I didn't notice that. No, we again, I didn't know that at all. I don't know what the Imperial Palace looks like, do I? No. <laughs> I'm sure it doesn't look like a building, and everything yeah. we I saw in this episode basically looked like a building. Soon, the roots broke through the walls of one of the larger buildings, wrapping around victims and stealing their blood to feed the giant. Uh, the giant plant. Right. Which, Somehow the needles on the plant suck blood. Somehow. Come on. <laughs> Science. <laughs> what am I thinking? Science. <laughs> Somehow, he says. Oh. Come on. Well, there's... How long have you been co-hosting this monstrosity? <laughs> I know. 
It's science. You're right. What am it's I a, thinking? Yeah. And I'm going to jump up just ahead, yeah. just a touch. At the end, they drop carbon on carbon, this. Carbon monoxide. They just said Oh, they carbon. just said carbon? Oh, well, that's going to make a big difference because they're supposed to be like a carbon monoxide solution. So, or carbon dioxide solution, because they're like, we will deprive the plant of, no, wait, maybe it was carbon monoxide. Yeah. I don't know which one it was. Like, they were supposed to deprive, they were supposed to drop something about carbon. Uh, this thing just says a powerful toxin. Because last okay. night I was watching it and I could have sworn they said carbon dioxide. And I'm like, wait, that's plant food. Yeah. That's that exactly what a, I was thinking. Is whether it's carbon, idea. carbon monoxide, carbon <laughs> dioxide, that's all plant food. Yeah. It loves every little bit of that. Yeah. So, okay. You want to just say it's generic plant poison? I'm okay then. Yeah, I don't know why fine. I don't know why they wouldn't have been like, oh, this is a def, uh, defoliant. Is that the word I'm looking yeah, for? Yeah, that's the word. Yeah. That's the word. Yeah, nice so defoliant. Like, yeah. I would have yeah. been fine with a defoliant. The, yeah, the giant roundup <laughs> cans that we had. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. But I would have lived with that instead of them saying, we're dropping carbon. I'm like, um, last I checked, human blood has carbon. Everything yeah, right. around <laughs> us has carbon. Yeah. I think carbon's good. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> You think that uh, again? We digress. Anyhow, um, exactly. they, they free the they, they our, our our heroes barge into the room, and in one of my favorite parts, June is like, "All right, you guys stay here," and Eureka and Ipe is like, "Get right on, boss," and uh, he goes and starts. He breaks a wine bottle open and starts yes. stabbing it. Right? <laughs> yeah. They're trying to free this guy from the from the root. And by the way, that guy's pain acting. Top notch. <laughs> oh, it was so bad. It Top notch. So I liked it. I, dude, if, look, neither of us have been enwrapped by a giant plant root that is probably at that moment siphoning some of our blood in what does not look to be um, very comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say a, a, a um, sedated sort of thing. Like, I don't think there's any numbing going on. No, no, it's going to hurt. Plant. Other than the plant going yum 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 yum, you know, like, <laughs> that's, that's that's about it. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So like that guy's like, oh my ribs! You know, like you can see him on his face, like my ribs are being cried. Like he's he is doing some amazing Doctor Who prop acting. Like, <laughs> okay, that'll this, give you. You want to say this he's tentacle acting? I'm good with that. Yeah, this tentacle doesn't actually move. However, I am going to be thrashing back and forth, giving you the illusion of movement. A lot, right? And, and so I'll then, that. okay. Ipe sees a fire extinguisher <laughs> and, and shoots that at the limb as well. But what's great is he says to Eureka, "He's like, you stay here." And she's like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> she doesn't want to get in the middle of the action. She's no. a girl. Well, Come also, on. who's gonna take the pictures? <laughs> exactly. She's no dummy. She's no dummy. She's like, you know what? If I die, no one's gonna develop this film. I better stay here and let these two idiots handle it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they next the next scene is the the severed tree root um, on, on the, the table. table, and it's right. a little tiny That's conference we, room. And there's some we get we get uh, a professor Colonel Sanders is there, right? Um, right, and some military, some sort of general, and, and a few other military like, men. They're really like 
hey, you know, it's got a. This is where we find out that. Yeah, yeah that's where blood. we find out it sucks like, the blood. It's like and they Dracula. don't know how. And they get a laugh out of it. Like, yeah, it's a Dracula plan. Ah, how yeah. are you not terrified? <laughs> I would be terrified. Wait a minute. This thing is going to suck blood out of me? No, no, no. Yeah. I'm good. I'm not going anywhere near it. I'm sorry, sir. Did you just edit, uh, utter the word Dracula plant and then find it amusing? Yeah. <laughs> you have a yeah. problem. And this is just part of the route is what you're going to tell me. Yeah. I was just leaving for the next town over. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I just, I was about to travel over to America because it's on literally the other side of the planet. And that's where I need to be right now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. People don't know that the reason there was such a large population of Japanese living in Hawaii is they were trying to get Ray from the vampire plant. <laughs> Historical fact. Exactly. <laughs> so Oh God. No. Yeah. So they're like, all right, let's try to let's try. And then there's a one scientist who's like, well, let's not be hasty and destroy it. And Di- Professor Colonel Sanders is like, I right, dude, look, uh yeah. I'm a man of science. As if you can't tell from my mustache and lab coat, I'm a man of science as well, but come on. Come on. Right. We come gotta on. destroy this thing. We have no other option. It's yeah. going to suck the blood of all the people of the town. Right. Come on. So then the, it grows so big that a, a flower busts through the roof oh. in a really nice stop motion That sequence. was well. That was well done. The split screen stop motion yeah. growing through the roof. That's good stuff. Is excellent. Excellent. So, as things happen, uh, the other scientist is like, comes, <laughs> runs up to the military because they're like, we've set up a temporary headquarters to deal with. Um, to deal with the giant plant, like you hear that on the radio, right? As you do, you set up yeah. your tents and you set up your area. That's, but that's you what I was. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is that the, the the emergency headquarters is always in a tent. Yeah. <laughs> They're always like, yeah, we set up a bunch of folding tables, and it looks like like uh, this is the headquarters for the giant plant elimination task force and bake sale. Like <laughs> <laughs> exactly, because <clears throat> it's not going to rain at all. It's not going to get cold at all. We'll take care of this in a day and a half. Don't only, worry about yeah, it. It's only Japan. It never <laughs> rains or snows in Japan. No, never. It's never deathly humid. No. No, 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 no. No, no. no. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, this guy's like, uh, you know, we had a problem. This, is, this isn't good. Um, what's great is when, when Jun and Ipe had uh, find out that they're going to be enlisted to uh, help out they they're like, well, work is canceled today. Um, we're not going to distribute these flyers, and by distribute, I mean uh, a concentrated, giant littering campaign. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Just dump them out the window to plant. Just, just throw them out. This is fine. Wherever. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Um, and by the way, I got a, I pointed it out to Melina last night because I was watching this. June's got a really nice car. Yes. For a newspaper reporter, he's no, got he's a convertible. No, he's not a reporter. He's the aviator at uh, Hoshikawa Air Service and an amateur science fiction writer. The only okay. one who's actually a reporter is uh, Yuriko. Yuriko? Okay. Yeah. Because he's got a convertible, and if you noticed in this episode, they show yeah. you he has a Rolex. No, that's next episode. Or was that next episode? Yeah, because he, show- he, he, he has trouble a Rolex. falling asleep. I was going to point that out, and I was going to go, can you believe this guy's got a Rolex? <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
we were talking three thousand dollar watch. No, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, but how much in 1966? How it was much still was it? expensive. Yeah, but what was? I wonder. I don't remember what model it was. It wouldn't um, matter. Rolexes are not cheap. No, the cheapest no, of course Rolex not. is a thousand dollars. Well, hold on. Now, how much was a Rolex? In, in 1966. 1966. Now, we don't know if that was his dad's Rolex. Um, okay. I'm just saying. Um, I understand. I understand. How and well, why you're... Rolex prices have increased over the past 60 years. Um, hey, that's on. Guys, I want to give you the title of this blog because, God, it's a pun. It's called A Blog to Watch. <laughs> <laughs> it's about watches, guys. Get it? Um, good Lord. This is pretty neat. I wonder what, I wonder what that I'm betting that watch was under a grand at that time. Okay. Average. Okay. What do you have? Cause I have the average yearly salary. So what is a watch where here? No. What is, when you looked up the, what is a Rolex cost Look, in 1966? In 1957, the original price of a Rolex Submariner with no date. Okay. Right. Would you like to take a guess in 1957? Nope. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, the guessing part's fun, but okay. Um, 150 bucks. Okay. I'm, I just looked up median income of a family in 1966. Right. right. $7,400. Right. <laughs> I'm not saying it wasn't an expensive watch. I'm okay. just saying today... That watch is $7,500. I understand that. I'm good with that. It's expensive is your point. That's yeah. where we were going. As the, as the blog states, a fine watch has never been cheap, Patrick. Yes, that this is, is fair. Yeah, I'm, I'm very, putting this in the fair. show notes. In case you guys want to see this, <laughs> this will be in the show notes. Um, so uh, they... Uh, anyway. Yeah, yeah. And sure. also the, the plant, which I do like, as they're showing the plant grow... They yeah. also showed breaking through the facade, going yeah. up through the windows. They do a good bit of miniature work with this plant growth. Uh -huh. And then when they're like, oh, yeah, we have to destroy the plant. They're like, no, wait, Ipe's in there with that girl. And they're having trouble coming down uh, the stairs and whatnot. And there's vines coming through. And then the military go in and there's poisonous pollen. Yep. But my favorite part was the pollen gets them. All they do is have a really bad coughing fit. Then they're like, okay, we're good. <laughs> Isn't that what happens? Isn't that exactly? I think, I'm, I think it's happening now. <laughs> okay, so they get uh, they get Ipe out and the girl. They drop the uh, whatever plant anti plant measures that they have out of the system. What I love is they were like, "We're going to have our air team attack," right? And I'm like, "Okay, great." So they're like, "Come on, air team, go!" And it's just June. And the other professor in a Cessna. <laughs> so it's just a little plane going around this little pl this plant that takes up why a building. You're like, why okay, wouldn't sure, you have sure. the military handle this? Like, I'm not saying the man's not a trained pilot, but you really want to get civilians involved? I understand he's the hero of the show. I get that. But, like, <laughs> they could have done a helicopter. But Could you know, have, could have. That's the uh, only bad effect in this episode is the plane... Going around to, the plant, yeah, it it appears to be very jerky. Like, yeah, that was yeah. the bad part. That's because the only bad part, like, that's, right? No, that is a you know a, a hangnail on the fingernail of 
the beauty of the yeah, miniature work in this show. You froze. Oh, am I good? Oh, there you are. There you are. Yeah. No, I was saying it's are. a hangnail on the thumb of the beauty of this program. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. So that, the plant going was fine. It's the fact that they had to use such a small plane I guess, for yeah. scale, and there was no way to show it flying in the right proportion in the time in the technology of the day. Yeah. I, so I, I let it, that one slide because yeah. there's just, I just no noticed real it. I just noticed it real quick. I was like, oh, oh I noticed it. Kind of not I noticed great. It, but I'm like, you know what? For the miniatures that they have, this yeah. isn't terribly terribly awful it's what the technology they had at the time yeah. so meanwhile they dump the stuff and it pretty much disintegrates the whole plant right um, and then the army used the flamethrowers as well oh, yeah, the army, that's right i forgot the army guys came with the flamethrowers now the plant um is uh, called juron even though they don't mention it so let's do a monster oh, okay. for juron um for it's it. a it's a plant it's 100 meters tall it's three thousand tons um its home world is planet Earth. Um, okay. uh, this is its first appearance. Latest appearance, new Ultraman Red Sudden, episode 16. Mm -hmm. Okay, I didn't know Look that. Look at that. Right. No, neither did I. Um, right. uh, trivia. His, Jaren's name is never mentioned in the episode. It is instead referred to as the Mammoth Flower. Um, yes. Its name is also one of the location's names in Ultraman Saga. All right. Okay. A very similar monster known as the Mars Rose appears in an Ultraman manga and was meant to be in the original script of Alien Mephius. What? Oh, and it I was meant to be in the original script of the Alien Mephius but didn't uh, series of Ultraman, but didn't have. Okay. The petals okay. of the original Duran prop were made of tissues. Okay. Kind of looked like a tissue. Okay. Yeah. I'll give it that. In Ultraman Cosmos, the Kaiju Paristan lives on the planet Juran, clearly a hum a, an homage to this kaiju. Ah, I like okay, them apples. Yeah. I do like them apples. Yeah. So yeah, good stuff. They oh my god, there is a toy of this. Oh good God. Yeah. It's it's, <laughs> it's a big old flower going right through a building. Yeah, I can't oh I see it now. I see yeah. it. Now. Yeah. Is that better? That's very, very How great cool. is that? That is one. so cool. I want one now. <laughs> That's because no one will understand it, and that'd be a great thing to be like, "What's that?" Yeah. Oh well. Hold on, let me explain. You know what? Uh, Ultra Q, yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, uh, we're going to come back in a minute to uh, deal with part two of our episode here, which is right. called Pagila is, is here. back with more of the science patrol and we're going to do this next episode of ultra q pecula is here um hey guess what air date of 130 1966 so close yes we're so getting close. There. We're, oh, no, we're, I mean, we're getting we almost did we we're almost on the anniversary yeah it's like 55 years ago yeah. yesterday yeah which is Not very good. very cool <laughs> if we had recorded yesterday but you know what are you gonna do yeah, these things happen <laughs> Look, that was close enough. Um, directed by Sumanji uh, Nonagase. Uh, screenplay. But, all right, there. <laughs> I thought it was Tequila coming to take us out. <laughs> um, screenplay by uh, Masahiro Yamada. 
And our special skill director is Keiji Kawakami. Okay. Uh, of course, guys, this is the fifth episode of Ultra Q. Yes. Um, acting as a special correspondent for the Daily News, June has traveled to Japan's base at the South Pole. Sure. Okay, sure. You know, we open on a boat, right? Don't we open on a boat? Uh, yes. And he's out there looking, he's got his camera and he's doing whatever. Um, and then he meets this, uh, young lady and can the guy just say, holy mackerel, do they know how to cast good looking ladies in the show? Yeah. Yeah. She's really good looking. Like, and not for nothing, but TV attracts attractive people. Let's (laughs) put that out there. I'm good with that. Yeah. I'm good with that. But gosh, she's she's supposed to be. An Antarctic scientist. This is if why, when I was a child, <laughs> I, I can't imagine any. No, this is why I wanted to be a scientist when I was younger. You, cool lab coat, right? You get to probably get a great beard going, uh, and and all the cool chits like you. <laughs> yeah, there's one cute girl that works there. That maybe, if you're lucky, you get to hang out and. and Get, get her to be your girlfriend. Look, this was my attitude when I was eight. Don't at me, you guys. All right? Like, come on. You're allowed to think eight year old thoughts when you're eight. As yeah. Long as you Listen. realize now that you're not eight, that those yeah. are real. Yeah. Well, you know, like I always say, if I could tell my 10 year old self that, like, I work with robots wearing a lab coat uh, yeah. and it's not that great. Um, my, my kid self would be like, shut up. <laughs> don't say that. I'd be like, no, yeah, no, you don't exactly. understand. They're like, yes, we do. How is, what is C3PO like in real life? You know, I, <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not like that. It's not like that at all. My friend, they I wish it was least, the most menial task you can imagine. That's what a robot does now. And if there's any deviation, the whole thing goes right sideways instantly. Yeah. It, it's Yeah. <laughs> If, if the smallest thing goes wrong, you're like, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. They Nothing. cannot think for themselves at all. Nothing. So anyway, we get a lot of shots of an icebreaker ship. Yes. Um, so they they get they they I think they hit a little ice. There's some rough seas. Um, they have a little bit of a meat cute, and uh, she's like, "Oh, I have some soil from Tokyo in this bag." Right. Uh, and nobody knows why. Like. Seems a little nefarious. Well, but, she, uh, what she said was she wanted to plant it around the station in Antarctica. Again, that seems fishy. <laughs> I went with this is she's basically a human vampire. She wants her own home dirt. <laughs> <laughs> I was going with maybe she was into witchcraft, but yeah, we're in the same page. Yeah, it's the same <laughs> book at least. It's at least the same yeah. book, exactly. Yeah, I need some. I dirt believe that book is entitled work. "Hot Chicks Doing Weird Stuff," but uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, hey guys, if you're gonna buy "Hot Chicks Doing Weird Stuff," please use our Amazon affiliate link. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to set that up. That would be useful. Um, but uh, yeah, so then we go into uh, we go into our uh, into our theme song. What I really yeah. like about that is a lot of miniature work with the boat. And the boat looks great. It's this beautiful, like, ice-breaking kind of boat. And it's all, like, iced over. Yes. The miniature that they used for the boat and the way they did it with the ice behind it, the split screen, really was effective. I really liked it. 
Yeah, I think could, they just built a nice big white wall, basically, set, and then yeah. did a bunch of moving of stuff, and that's how we do it. Yeah, you know? pretty much. Hell, they could have filmed it at the pool at Toho. Nobody, we don't know. Um, and uh, hey, numerous times in this episode, people are covered in, uh, and I'm using air quotes here, guys. Snow, right? Yes. How much asbestos do you think was in that? What 80, they, 90%? They, no, no, no. <laughs> they, they didn't even use asbestos then. They just used Oh, okay. Yeah, soap, that's right. the 60s. Soap flakes. Or cornflakes, apparently, they would use yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Anything that'll show up white on screen yeah. and is cheap. And you got to remember, asbestos was not super expensive, but it was cheaper than flakes of you know soap or corn or whatever. Right. So it was more expensive than yeah, that. Yeah, they were using it. But they were using it in the movies in the in oh, the yeah. early days, you know. They're like, "Oh, this that. stuff is great." <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> breathe in a lot, people. Yeah. Breathe in a lot. Oh shoot! It'll be, they were using asbestos as cigarette filters at one. Point. I know. Like, I know. <laughs> hey, look. If we, look, we can't guarantee you that these will give you cancer, but hold on. <laughs> but. We got this filter in here that's like smoking razor blades. It's awesome for your lungs. Exactly. Yeah, good times. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so um, he is out as a correspondent for the Daily News. Uh, Jun travels to Japan's base the South Pole. And once there, he learns about the mysterious disappearance of a staff member named Nomura from three years prior. Right. Uh, that is made more intriguing by a passage in Nomura's journal. Well, it's great. Like, here's his pocketbook. Um, did they, is that the same subtitle that you had pocketbook? No, it just said, uh, case. It just said like case kind of thing. No, no. His little journal. He was like, oh, here's his little journal. And he was like, oh my God, he's just something about Pagila. And you know, and he's looking through his little diary, but he refers to it as a pocketbook, which it is. It's a book that Poc fits in your pocket. In your pocket. Yeah. I didn't yeah. notice that particularly now, but I was like, that doesn't look like his pocketbook at all. You know, <laughs> Well, it is booked. Where does he keep pocket. the Where does he keep his <laughs> tissues? Um, and twenty six dollars in change. Exactly. <laughs> you laugh, but when Melina and I went to our first toy show when we first started dating, uh, she was like, "I wish I had money to buy some strawberry shortcake stuff." And I'm like, "We'll see how much changes in your purse because she always she would had change in the purse, right?" Well, she would drive through the tolls, pay with bills. Get change, chuck it in the purse. Right. right. $45. Holy cow. So needless to say, she was like, I'm buying me some stuff tomorrow. So there you go. All the dealers <laughs> got change. And all of them would say, All right, bring it on. It's cash. Yeah. Oh, if it's if it spends, we don't care. Let me tell you exactly. about that. Let me exactly. tell you about, about toy dealers. We don't care. You pay, you'll take your grandmother's teeth if they got gold in them. It's hey. not a problem. <laughs> Yes. Uh, so there's something in there that says Pegila. Um, yes. So the the girl that um, June meets is named Yoko Kohara. Uh, she's a staff physician and Namora's fiancée. Uh, uh, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, she's also stationed there now and remains optimistic that they're going to find the missing Namora. Right now, after honey, three years in the three years in the sure, <laughs> sure he'll be fine. <laughs> You know what? Uh, maybe she knew she was on this show, and they're like, "Look, weirder stuffs happen." Giant plants. Did you see the last episode? <laughs> exactly. Who? Who's to say? 
you but never she mentioned know. something about somebody says something about Pagila, and she looks real shifty about it. Like, oh, maybe she's like an Inuit woman secretly who worships Pagila, Pagila as mean. a god or something. Yeah, like I'm just like, <laughs> just, let me grasp at some more of these straws over here. Exactly. But no, no, it's not nearly as sinister as that. Then we're also introduced to the team of scientists in this conference room, and a guy I'm going to refer to as Beardy Magoo. Um, oh. Beardy, Beardy Magoo is a real jerk. Um, no, Beardy Magoo is our I don't believe in anything guy. That's well, exactly like, what he is. Can you just explain that more scientifically? And June looks at him like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know everything. You don't know anything. You've got to explain it to me in a way I can yeah. understand. He's like, could you not put that in more scientific terms? And you look at him like, no, nah, I can't. You know, I write books, right? Like, I am a, <laughs> I'm a sci-fi writer and I fly a plane. I don't, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, not bowing to you. To be here today. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The Dante hits. I've got other places to be. Leave yeah. me alone. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> still trying to hook up with the hot doctor over here. Could you let it be? <laughs> Hey, exactly. at least at least they didn't have her making coffee in this episode. This even, one though time. She, even though she was <laughs> not invited to the all male uh, sausage fest. Oh, uh, let's science talk about chat. Yeah. yeah, the science chat. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> which you can't have a few holdouts, which would be the name of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we have a couple of ladies, and we thank you for that. Um, <coughs> but yeah. Um, it's crazy yeah so yeah so he's he's like you're he's such a jerk and they're like well what how do you explain the thing that happened today where the snowmobile lifted up into the sky but he's like the wind nah, that didn't happen it was an illusion yeah. much like a mirage there's a lot of uh, crevasses in that area and what we saw was the reflection of the snowmobile falling into the crevasse off yeah. of snowflakes uh-huh and somebody should have just the dr eyebrows who's running this thing should have just punched him right, in right his face. then and there. Yeah. Just, just knocked the beard clean off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not how science works, people. Yeah. Sorry for you. Yeah, they uh, <sighs> they um, they notice that like every time it gets super cold. Well, what they're saying is every time it gets super cold, the gravity turns off. Yes, because uh, I understand. From what I understand, there is a theory, and I'm calling it a. I don't know if I shouldn't use the word theory because no, no. it's an actual it science. It is science. How it about is science? Is it that if it gets to like absolute zero, the gravity doesn't work right? Okay, really? The, I'm telling <laughs> you, there is a postulation of some sort, or a okay. um, no, a, a, a line of thinking that if it gets cold enough. Gravity doesn't work the same way. Okay. I'm going to call utter nonsense. <laughs> I didn't say because, it was right. That, no, it's because that's what I'm saying. It's not no, no, right. Yeah. It's absolute utter nonsense because last I checked, it's four degrees above absolute zero in space, and gravity holds the earth in place around the sun. Right. So for those four. Oh, are you one of those sun guys? No. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't I'm remember what comedian. <laughs> I don't remember what comedian it was, and I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before. But they were like, somebody was talking about. Oh, I think it might have even been on Reddit where somebody was talking about. It, he goes, oh, "I've got 
dealing with like a flat earth guy at, at work and he's just driving me bananas and he doesn't think we've been to the moon. So he goes, we just got to out crazy him and go, Oh, you're one of those jerks that believes in the moon. <laughs> he goes, you do that. that guy's never, he's never going to talk to you again. It's great. Yeah. So that they're like, Oh, well, these strange disturbances are taking place and there's a dramatic drop in temperature constantly. And Yoko over right. here, the staff, the decision, the staff's decision rather that they're not going to look for Nomura. And she decides she's going to look for him. Now, meanwhile, June is up one night and it's about three o'clock in the morning. And they're like, well, that's when, that's when Nomura went missing. And now they've lost Ito, which is not a science patrol Ito, different Ito, uh, right. common enough name, I guess. And, um, they're like, oh, well, he disappeared in the same sort of weird circumstances, and we can't risk people going out there. Blah, blah, right, blah, blah, because blah. it's cold. Yeah, that's, literally, <laughs> that's a good answer. So uh, June checks his Rolex. It's a quarter to three. He gets all gussied up, and he gets into one of the snowmobiles, and then he sees the door uh, to the garage open up, and it's a mysterious figure, and the mysterious figure's poking around, and it turns out to be um, Dr. Uh, Kuhara. And he's right. like, hey, what are you doing out here? And she's like, oh, well, uh, I heard something weird and decided to check it out. You can't hear something weird and have to put on 30 pounds of snow gear. No. Just just <laughs> to check it out. No. So, yeah. No. That's, I'll look around where it's warm enough for me to look around. Yeah, I got a I flashlight to... in a window. That's good. <laughs> That's about as far as it's going. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yep. So, um, fine. Fair enough. Uh, yes. So then yes. uh, they, the temperature drops drastically and the, the snowmobile uh, rises up away. into the air. Yes. And they're like, whoa, that's crazy. And it drops to the ground. The door opens and Ito falls into the room. And they're like, right. Now, in uh, the next scene, we see a great example of uh, 1960s Japanese um, medical treatment where uh, a man in a bed is being yelled at by a man with <laughs> aggressively huge eyebrows. To, Isn't that how you're me, supposed to... <laughs> tell me how you got back. What is it? And I'm like, let the man rest for a friggin' minute, would you like? Let him get over his frostbite for about 10 seconds, if you don't yeah. mind. Yeah, could you let him have maybe a cup of soup? Something. like Before some, we start yelling. <laughs> some cocoa before you grill him so much. Let him defrost before you grill him. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. It's the hamburger principle. <laughs> oh, my God. It's amazing. But yeah, you're right. They just kept yelling at him as he's trying to thaw out. And even I was sitting there going... <laughs> This is not right. This is not how you treat people. And even June's uh, like, let's get out. Let's go. Let's everybody leaves except for the doctor. She checks his pulse and then she goes to check on um like I don't know what she's doing on the other side of the room. Ready to look take, take notes or something, making whatever. Coffee. She could be making she could be making the <laughs> aforementioned soup. Um <laughs> and he gets up and she is creeped, far less creeped out by his arrival three centimeters from her face than she was when he fell into the into garage the, the night before. And she was like, yeah. like <laughs> well, she fainted when he fell into the garage this time. Yeah, good point. Was, That's right. Like you said, three inches from her face. And she's like, oh, you're supposed to be in bed. 
Yeah, you should not even down. worried. You should be laying down. Yeah, I guess once you know who it is, right? <coughs> so they go out to look for Nomura, and they find his dog Sabu. Um, and or, or no, the, the the group go out to look for her because she goes out looking for Nomura. They find right. her unconscious, guarded by Sabu. Um, nearby, they find Nomura's body imprisoned in the ice, uh, right. which Frozen. is the site. Also made her faint, too, because she's a fainter. Um, well, she saw him through the ice, is what they said, and yeah. then she fainted. Well, bodies some, will cause people to faint, I think. <laughs> I think so. Probably a thing. Probably a thing. Frozen probably a thing. Your fiance oh, yeah. encased in ice, you could probably lose it a little bit. Yeah, I I'm, yeah. didn't argue that part. Yeah. Now, the, the one part I did argue with was the dog staying in the same area for three years apparently leashed up too that's just <laughs> tied to a rock, tied to a rock yeah. living on moss yeah sure high protein moss i gotta give him that <laughs> and also why is that area not just piled full of dog crap <laughs> like a lot of dog crap like a lot of three lot. years worth of yeah. dog crap yeah exactly. although hold on go ahead give me a minute what if it's the, under the ice? No, no, okay, I mean, maybe. But what if the poop is acting as fertilizer for the moss? For the moss that he's eating, <laughs> science, species science at best, but science it is. Hey, it's what we got right now. Okay, let's <laughs> I can't help you with the rest of it. So, um, they noticed uh, that uh, Pagilla won't go near, won't go near them. Right, uh, because the dogs bark in, and they're like, "We don't know if it's the moss or blah blah blah." So when they get back to the um, when they get back to the uh, what you oh, my favorite scene of the whole thing was aside from the fact that Pagila looks stoned all the time, um, <laughs> got those like heavy lidded eyes, like dudes, dude, it's so cold. You <laughs> check this stuff out, man. <laughs> Look, I can see my breath, right? <sighs> you know, so. Um, they, um, they, it's God. crazy, it's absolutely it's crazy. Right. But when they're digging, there's a shot of him over the mountain, just like yep. looming, and they're like, yes. Let's dig him, oh boy, like, don't know, <laughs> there he is. So yeah. they get back that to the base. split screen, was not the greatest, no, but it was a good shot. It was a, it was it a good was, shot, it was, it cool. was a funny shot, yeah, it was I a will, funny shot. It wasn't yeah, a realistic I will forgive, shot, it was a funny shot. No, I will forgive. <laughs> Fairly crap special effects for humor and entertainment. Yeah, okay. As evidenced by this podcast. (laughs) Uh, So they, they, um, uh, the doctor, excuse me, makes uh, uh, a pegumian H. It's a chemical extract from the moss. Of course. Apparently, it is the monster's weakness. And that's when Dr. Beardo, he's like, that's ridiculous. You should have been a science fiction writer or something like that. And she gets all upset. And again, Professor Eyebrows should have knocked that beard off his face. Yes. yes. That guy, the the I don't like anything guy, and I'm going to let you know that I don't like yeah. anything guy. Yeah, he should have been slapped about 10 different times through this episode. Quite frankly, he should have been kicked off the expedition at the end of the a episode. A long time ago. He should have been at the on the boat leaving with a mopey face. Because he had been kicked off the expedition <laughs> exactly. for being a turd. Uh, but anyhow, they put it in what they call a weather missile 
Okay. So, um. <laughs> yeah, um, right. So they have to wait until Pagila is within 100 meters. Yes. Which is fairly close. Yeah. Um, and I love the, the one guy. It's like, let me do it. Let me fire it. Come on. And then and they count it down. Which but the best this? is he, he gets punched clean off the controls. <laughs> yeah. You can't hit him yet. It won't work. We only have the one shot. Right. Oh, God. So they do it. They hit him. And it's like this vapor or whatever, and he goes right. away. He doesn't he just, die, right? No, he just flies off. Oh, that's right. He turns into that big black smoke thing and right. slides off. off. And we do yeah. see that at the beginning of the episode. And I'm like, because we see that going over the boat right. at, at the beginning. And I'm like, well, that's going to play into that. You know, like, that's yeah. something. That's him. I'm just going to a different part of Antarctica where you guys aren't. Where yeah. this moss isn't. Yeah. Because I guess the moss is what is killing him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, sure the Pegumen uh, H. Sure, whatever, sure, sure. Whatever H means. And but. then just before the end of the episode, they show us the rock mound that they made for the guy that died three sure. years ago. Yeah. And then and she's spreading the, the soil around it. Of course. Yep. And the ship takes off to go back to Japan. Dude, a lot of people sure. on that boat. Well, those ships do hold a good bunch of people. That's how yeah. they get to Antarctica, usually. But I always love they're like, all right, goodbye. And I'm like, didn't, it wasn't everybody supposed to go home for the winter, was it? No, the because they have to keep episode? some people. They have to keep some people in Antarctica. I guess. I thought winter. the whole point was like they were all supposed to leave. They're not all supposed to leave. They're supposed to swap out people for the expedition that is there. All right, fair said. enough. All right, now, let's I get to our smart. I wouldn't no. want to spend the, the winter in Antarctica. I don't know about you. I also really love the fact that this show apparently is like. This show wouldn't have been any worse for a guy coming in at the end of it with like a suit and going, "This world's nuts, huh?" <laughs> just walking away like, "What do you?" Just a guy comes on, and he's got a cigarette, and he's like, "That was nuts, huh?" What do you think of that? And he <laughs> yeah. just walks away, and you're just walks like, away. "Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Good enough. Works for me." <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna talk about our Pegula, uh, our monster minute. He's forty meters tall, twenty thousand tons from the planet Earth. This is his first appearance, his latest appearance, Ultraman Zet Episode 5, First Juggling. Now, if you'll remember when we watched that episode. Yeah, I don't remember. You were like, boy, that's a terrible miniature of that snowmobile at the beginning. And I said, dude, I don't think it's, A, I don't think it was meant to be realistic, but I bet it's supposed to be a throwback to a vehicle that made an appearance in this episode. And what do you know? There's that there snowmobile. Yes. Good about yes. That. I love that they yeah. found her Jeep along the way. So not only did oh, yeah, they yeah. have to like build a like they built a Jeep prop and then like you cut back to them in the studio and there's a real Jeep. Like, yes. like yeah. yes. That's great. That is great. Yeah. I, I like I, I'm not huge about Pegula, but um pretty effective in this episode. Well, the, As, I mean, aside from they looking did, real stoned. <laughs> yeah, he did look stoned. I'll give him that. But the things they did say about him, he's got freeze breath that brings it down to 130 degrees below zero Celsius. Yeah, that's, that's cold. Ungodly cold. That's cold. And has gravity manipulation, which is how he lifted all those giant snowmobiles. Right. Okay. Sure, 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 sure. Well, let's look at, yeah. let's look at, um, there's some trivia here. Um, he was one of the original ideas for Ultra 7's capsule monsters, along with Red King. Um, 
Pegula's roar was a low pitch, low down magma roar. Um, and some instances mixed with King Kong in his second okay. appearance. His roar okay. was changed to a reused Varen roar. Um, he is the first instance of an ultra kaiju who escapes his episode debut and reappears in a different episode. Um, so spoilers. Um, oh, he, uh, he appears in another episode of this series. Apparently, yeah. Okay. That's what okay. I'm saying. Because I didn't look at all the titles of all of the episodes well, in the series. No, no. That's, uh, I'm, try, I'm not trying to, not actively trying to get things spoiled. <laughs> Accidentally is one thing. Really in, looking for spoilers. In episode 26 of Ultraman, there is a shot of a kid wearing a blue Pegila mask. Okay, I don't remember that, but I'll buy no, it. No, but um, they could tell us anything at this point. Pat. You'd be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> so he has a he has a freezing beam, uh, a smoke screen, which we have seen. Right. And he is he can fly, and they don't mention anything about the uh, about the um, gravity manipulation, the gravity thing. Yeah, but they do say it in the episode that we yeah, because yeah, I wrote yeah. that down, and I think that was part of like they're saying like, oh, it's so cold. Uh that like gravity gets whacked out and you're like, I don't think that's real. You guys, um, yeah. honestly, uh, he also appears in red man quite a few times. Okay. okay. Uh, let's that's see fine. here. Hang on. He is in. That's fine. Episode 12, uh, 14, 57, 80, 81, 85. Oh, so he's all 89, over 91, 92, 93, 101, 104. 106, 107 was his right. final appearance. There you go. Unlike there the original Pegila suit, the one that appears in Red Man was a stage show suit. As oh, such, okay. the eyes are much closer together, the wings end in hands, and he lost his defined snout. Okay, uh, that makes sense because you want somebody to actually fit into the thing and be able to be mobile. Sure, fair enough. And there is a blooper in episode 85 when Red Man's suit actors struck the red knife too loosely in the Pegila suit and then had to readjust it. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. They didn't retake anything in that show. It's <laughs> it's a grand disaster. So, That's great. So we uh we uh guys if you looking if if you're sick of uh if you're sick of uh Japanese men in suits beating up on other Japanese men in suits, uh I hope not because no, there's this another is not podcast the show called A to Z. Uh, which yes. some uh, listeners of ours made, and um, I remarked to them that they did the one crafty thing, Pat, is they, uh, well, they named it A to Z, which means they get higher placement in alphabetical order uh, true. in, in true. lists. So I uh, decided we should probably change the name of the podcast to, ah, it's a science patrol. No. <laughs> I ran that past, yeah. I ran that past marketing. They're not on board, so uh, you know we'll, we'll, just no, keep we'll doing stick it. with the science patrol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. with this. Yeah, uh, I but tried, I did like, listen to their first Bart episode. Bart, I Ultraman podcast. Does that help? You know, like they're like, no, no. no, no. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Oh, I listened to it too. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the two things I thought is okay. There's another Ultraman podcast. That's fine. Yeah. But two, boy, I'm old. <laughs> because I don't know how young these guys are. Twenties, they said it. And they're yeah, like, I know. they're like, yeah, we're in our twenties. They meant they're like, yeah, the science patrol is two guys in their fifties. And I'm like, umbrage with that as I just turned fifty. Thanks so much. Yeah. But <laughs> well, the the thing that I'll I'll even say it bothered me just a touch <laughs> is these guys when they called you as an old man. Yeah, I liked oh, no, them no. like that. <laughs> I can live with being called an old man 
But to think that I've probably been working the same job as long as these guys have been alive somewhat bothers me. <laughs> oh, so yours is just a situational problem. Yeah. <laughs> it's a problem. Yeah. yeah, I'll buy that. Sure. I've been working the same job probably as long as these guys have been alive. Yeah, oh, yeah, great. yeah. Good times. Good times. I think that's about it as far as our uh as far as our uh, episode is concerned today. We're yes. back in our next episode with some more ultra goodness and um rate, review, and subscribe, all the good stuff. Leave us leave us reviews on your pod uh catcher of choice. Yes. Um if you have done so and it just happens that we don't get those reviews and you want to email them to us, email it to us at ultramanpodcast at gmail.com. Um I haven't Join actually our Facebook group checked in a while, but we should do that. I'm going to do that to see what's going on, and uh, maybe I'll go. read some on the program. Yeah, join the Facebook group, follow us on Twitter, all the good stuff, and Instagram. And uh, that is it. Um, again, we would like to always announce if you need to speak with someone and things are looking low, you need to call the suicide prevention hotline. Um, the sound you're hearing is Patrick Francis paging through a notebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As I have to find it, you're right. Yeah. It is. Now it's, now it's getting dark over here. Uh, 1-800-273-8255. Here we go. And so I think that's going to end our business today. Um, on behalf of Science Patrol, I'm Rich Conroy. I'm Pat Rooney. All right. Sally Forth, you guys. Take care, everybody. Bring, Bring back, back Bach. Bach. There. Bye. Bye. Music for this podcast is provided by Terminal Sunburn. Visit terminalsunburn.bandcap.com. Post-production by Casey Kittle for Faces for Radio Productions. Visit us on the web at ultramanpodcast.com or find us on Facebook. Our email address is ultramanpodcast at gmail.com. The Science Patrol can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and wherever else you find your podcasts. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Until next time, for the Science Patrol, I'm Gretchen Brooks from the Kaiju Cast. <laughs>